Whoever wrote the song, Summertime and the Living is Easy, did not work in church communications. The pace and activities might change in the summer, but with Bible camps and special events and staff going on vacation, there is a lot of work to be done. Hi, I'm Yvonne Pran, and welcome to the Effective Church Communications Podcast. In our podcast today, I'll give you some tips for more effective summer communications, some strategies that'll really be useful to you. And to make your life easier, after I give you some ideas and strategies, you can go to the website www.effectivechurchcom.com for some free templates on how you can then implement what I'm going to be talking about. So let's get started. There are lots of topics that we can talk about in summer communications, and I will be having additional material that I'll be sending out with a newsletter on them. What I want to focus on in this particular podcast is some things to remember when you're communicating with visitors, how to avoid jargon, and then I'm going to also share one of my pet peeves, but that will be down at the end, that I think is is actually really important in our summer communications. Now, This summer, as with every summer, you're going to get a lot of people visiting the church who aren't regular members. Some of them might be from the surrounding communities. Some of them might be out-of-town visitors. And regardless of where they come from, it's a wonderful opportunity to reach out with the gospel and the love of Jesus. And here are some ideas to help you make the most of this. First of all, what I call a little jargon watch. Now, we know that in our communications in the summer or any other time, we're not going to use terms like justification and sanctification and and things like that. But there's so much of what is really jargon to outsiders that we don't even see anymore. Using acronyms that don't explain, talking about events that we do year after year. Oh, this year, as usual, the um, pie contest is going to be coming up or the annual barbecue or whatever it might. It's easy to forget that the people that visit your church, they have no history with the event. It doesn't mean a lot to them. Maybe you have insider jokes from past events or you're assuming that people know the times and locations. All these things are very confusing and in many ways really unkind to visitors. We don't want our language to keep someone with maybe a free night in the city or or a free weekend to miss out on an opportunity to learn about Jesus. So what should we do? Awareness is a really good first step. Look at your bulletin or whatever materials you give when people come in, your website and your social media, and ask the Lord to help you see them as a visitor would. Take time to explain what you know is confusing, even if it only benefits one person or something. If you look at that, just really ask the Lord, say, you know, help me to see how confusing it might be when I talk about whatever the event is, our fun in the sun, our annual pie contest, whatever it might be, you know all about it, but the people visiting, and chances are, even some of your longtime attendees may not totally understand it. One of the best things that you can do in this area is to literally hire someone that maybe lives around your church who does not go to the church and have them look at all your summer advertising and say to them, don't ask them what they think of it, because of course they're going to be polite and they'll say, oh, this looks wonderful but ask them what did I just say and if you have some cute name for something and they'll go well you're inviting people to a 
uh, uh, well, it's something, <laughs> um, then you'll realize that you need to be a little bit clearer. And what you thought was a very fun, upbeat, maybe graphically beautiful invitation is actually jargon in its own way and really confusing. So do a little bit of work on that initially. Then for visitors in general, I'd like to talk about two areas. First, local visitors and then ones from out of town. Of course, you want to always welcome people. An upbeat hello on the cover or top of your bulletin or whatever you use to welcome people is a great way to make a first impression rather than just starting out with some serious sermon topic. Let people know visitors are welcome. Let them know that the church wants to serve them, even if it's for a short time. I always encourage people to picture the people visiting your church. Picture the people you're talking to. Remember, you aren't speaking and writing just for people who've been there since the church was built. Sometimes it's so easy to just think, oh, I'm talking to the same people again and again and again. And I got to tell you, if that's what you're thinking, chances are that's the only people that are going to be there. But Picture some people in your neighborhood. Picture maybe some of your relatives that don't go to church. Picture the people that you love, that you wish you could involve in things, but you haven't been able to yet, and talk to them. Don't forget to literally spiritually support the special events that your church is doing by taking time to pray deeply and at length about these things. Pray for wisdom that you'll know what to say to people in your communications what will touch their hearts, what will reach them, and encourage your congregation to pray for the people attending. Deputize everybody in the congregation to be a greeter, to welcome strangers, and to realize that this can be a very, very significant time. Take time or get a team together to prayer walk your neighborhood and just walk around and ask that God enable you to reach the people surrounding your church. Many churches are still in neighborhoods, and chances are a lot of the people in the neighborhood don't have any idea what the church does and that it really has the words of eternal life there. So take time to do that. And of course, when people do attend your church for the special event, be sure that you have some kind of follow-up material in place, or excuse me, before the follow-up material, we'll have the follow-up material, but before you have that, be sure that you have a way to capture their contact information. On the website, www.effectivechurchcom.com, there are free little cards that you can print up. And, and the way I've, I've done them, and we've found this so successful in our ministry, is it when you have a special event, we always have some kind of a door prize. In the summertime, what one church in Canada did, they were asking me, how can we you know, follow up with people more on this event that they did quite frequently and they just weren't getting any follow-up. And I said, well, do you get people's names and contact information? And they said, uh, no. <laughs> so what I suggested that they do is have a little card and have a, a door prize. They were doing a barbecue, so I said, why not fill a big basket with all kinds of barbecue sauces and tools and whatever, And because barbecue was really big in their area, 
have people sign up for a free drawing and they're also giving you their information. Now be very upfront about it. Don't hide that you're getting contact information, but then have the drawing and you also have a way to follow up with people. And the lady afterwards contacted me and she said, it's just fantastic. She said, we have the greatest response, the greatest return of people that we've ever had since we've been doing this event. So they are free cards for you. You don't have to take any extra time to do them. They're on the website. So download them and use them. Now, keep in mind, though, that it isn't just people living in your town that are going to be coming to uh, your church during the summer. For out-of-town guests, now you want to always keep that in mind. That can really be significant. It's something a lot of times people don't even think about. First of all, there might be people coming who don't know the Lord, who are staying with a relative, and they've literally been drugged to church. And so um, you might, they might hear the gospel for the first time. They might make contact with the church for the first time. So, so keep in mind that idea. But also, there might be people there who perhaps are thinking about moving to your area. Now, this is a true story. This happened, and um, let me, it's got some good, good cautions in it for all of us. A couple was checking out churches before they transferred. They had a work transfer to another state. Now, they were very, very active in the church they attended. They were, they gave big donations. They were, they were just what you might say, you know, kind of the ideal church member that all of us would like to have. They gave a lot and they volunteered a lot. And uh, not to be crass, but we, we do love members like that. Well, they were checking out the churches in the area that they were going to. They went out for kind of a preliminary thing. And they, uh, you know, checked everybody out online like people do. They were only going to be there a year and a half, but they wanted to really jump right in and start working with the church. They visited different churches and this one church, they, they really liked it a lot when they were there. But then they got home and they got their follow-up communication from him. And it said that if the letter gushed about what a great church it was for, and I quote, the community we all love, and ho- and you know, it kind of implied that they live there. And it really, they really, the church hoped to see them next week. Now, they were back in their home state, and they had clearly and specifically said they were from where they were from. And somebody had to read that because they addressed it to the right place. But they still got this form letter. And then it got even worse because it went on to say, it was so wonderful to meet you. And that was just a lie because it was a big church and they had ducked out a side door as the service was over because they had to get to another appointment. Don't do things like that. Please do not send out or have some sort of auto mailer that um, that says things that just aren't true. And be sensitive to where something is going. You don't have to make references to your community if it's if it's some sort of auto responder. Uh, you can leave that a little bit vague, but please don't say it was great to meet you if you know don't know that for sure you shook the hand of every single person that went through the door. You can say something much more honest like this. I probably didn't get a chance to meet you personally, but I hope you had the opportunity to meet some of our wonderful church members. You see, something like that is honest, it's true, and it keeps the door open for the future. Needless to say, again, true story here, the couple did not go back to that church when they went, when they moved to the city. Now, Overall, here's some ideas that might improve your summer communications. Read uh, whatever people are reading in your community. 
USA Today is still popular with a lot of places that people travel. Some current news magazines or blogs or popular social media or or the news your local newspaper. The reason I'm telling you to read these things is that will help you pick up the tone of conversation of people that don't go to your church without even realizing that we can pick up sort of this real churchy voice and that just doesn't help anybody. It's summertime, you know, lighten up a little bit. Um, and also to think about the fun that Jesus had as he did ministry. I've always said that one thing that I I want, I look forward to so much in heaven is I look forward to seeing Jesus laugh. We don't realize, um, I don't think anywhere, even from reading the scriptures, and, and I love the Bible and I teach the Bible all the time, but you know, you don't get as much of a sense of humor uh, from Jesus, except in this, well, there are probably a number of things if you look at them closely, but I think one of the best is the wedding at Cana. He turned these huge water pots into giant jugs of wine. I mean, they were huge. I actually calculated it out one time, and it would have been like turning your hot tub into a punch bowl. I mean, he really did it up. Now, obviously, your church is not going to repeat that, but giving out ice cream lavishly or sponsoring community picnics or outdoor movies and really fun things show that you care and have fun as followers of God. Remind yourself and your visitors that C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Now, keep in mind all those overall things, but again, don't forget the details in your summer communications and always. One of the things that makes communications most friendly to people who aren't regular attenders are the little details that we think everybody knows, but everybody, even again, some of your regular attenders don't know the little details that you know because you're constantly working with them. And when you leave these things out, No matter how upbeat your graphics, no matter how colorful your writing, the content will not get people to respond. I call that jargon by omission. (laughs) And um, we know what's really going on, but people who are not familiar with the church don't. Now, some of these details include, number one, being clear who the event is for. Either say it's for everyone or be specific that if the attendance is limited, say, to an age group uh, or for men or women. If you advertise, for example, a singles night out and the a newcomer, maybe in their early 60s, shows up and the rest of, group, of the group is all singles in their 20s because everybody knows that the singles night out is just for the 20-something group. Well, that visitor didn't know it, and that can be very awkward. Hopefully people are nice, but you never know. On the other way around, maybe if it's just for seniors and a 20-something shows up, well, first of all, I know being a senior, they will be greatly welcomed, and chances are they're going to have a good time. But, uh, But seriously, you don't know who is going to get the communication and what age group they're in. And if you're not clear, it it can be rather awkward for someone attending an event. Be sure that the details are always clear on child care. Do you have it? Don't you have it? 
Is there a cost? Is it free? Um, my strong, strong recommendation is always that childcare be completely free. Because if you don't make it free, uh, single parents simply won't attend, or people who are struggling financially. And there's a lot of people who are today. We we know that, that in some ways, you know, the economy is doing great and all that, but there's many people who are underemployed who are struggling, and we want to always keep that in mind. Speaking of money, again, make the cost of the event very clear. Now, it, it just isn't nice to assume that everybody knows the men's summer breakfast is $5 at the door. A lot of people don't carry cash today. And even asking for money if somebody doesn't expect it, it can be awkward. If you don't list it clearly, be sure that you have a person with a gift of grace and mercy at the door for people who didn't bring $5 with them. Um, when we were in our single, when we had uh, were in charge of a very large single adult ministry, only in the rarest of occasions, and, and it was actually pretty much never, um, did we have a charge. But we always made sure that if there was something, or if we had to, or if we encouraged people to participate with something that the church was hosting where they did charge, we made sure that no one was turned away or made to feel awkward. Now then, speaking of this, I'm going to get kind of tough right now. Um, where I have this printed on the website, it's in all caps, and it says, don't ever host a money divided event. Now, it is in all caps, and I am shouting, and I'm going to be a little bit harsh right now, but I feel very strongly about this, um, and I think that there's a lot of biblical support for caring for what the Bible calls the least of these, and being concerned about the poor, and I, I think there's a lot of biblical support for what I'm going to share. Here's a situation that I've seen in the PR of some churches, and um, of course, as is the habit of, of effective church communications, I won't name the church, but let me say I've seen things like this enough that I really feel I need to to speak about it. And this is, it doesn't only take place in the summer, but I've seen it recently with summer events, so I'm bringing it up now. This is where a church hosts a summer event, but states clearly, and um, you know, that's really good at least that they say it, that everyone is welcome to free popcorn and punch, but there will be a charge for hot dogs and burgers at their event. Then another one, there will be free chips and salsa, but there is a significant charge for tacos or any other kind of, uh, actually, if you, if you want a meal, but mainly for the tacos. Now, I'm sure someone just thought that sounded fine, that put that in in the bulletin or whatever, but think about it. Um, how do you think that feels for a family that might have taken a huge step to go to this church event? And maybe they have four kids, and maybe the father or the mother or both are really underemployed, and they're thinking, oh, at the church, you know, it's going to be free, and it'll be a night out for the kids, and this is going to be so much fun. And then they get there, and they find out that they can't afford hot dogs for all their kids. How do you think they'll feel? Or a single person goes to, finally gets the courage to go to something at this church, and it's this summertime thing, and well, they can sit there and munch on chips and salsa, but they can't have a taco because it's almost $10 uh, for, for the taco plate that the church is doing. 
those kind of that just makes my blood boil. Uh, you know, I'm sorry if if people get offended with that, but my husband and I ran a large single adult ministry for many many years, and we never ever ever did that. We would either get donations uh, for things if if we were providing food, and we put on some big parties, and we every um, once a month we put on this huge, uh, totally free potluck where the church um, supplied uh, food and a core of really yummy dishes, just huge amounts of, of food. And we, we did a lot of different events. So I'm speaking of um, of, of really hosting. And, and this, these were things for hundreds of people. This wasn't stuff for just, you know, 10 or 15 people. But we never charged for anything. And I know that, the, and there were many people that came up to me afterwards, and we always had free childcare, that said, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to go to this. If you would have had even a $5 charge, I, I couldn't have come. People are struggling today. Um, it's tough out there. And sometimes people in decision-making roles don't realize how, how challenging it can be because the people that are hurting in these areas, they're not going to volunteer what their situation's really like. So I just encourage you so much when you're you're doing things this summer, either have the food and whatever it is free for everyone or don't do it. I, I really feel that that's important. And I think that Jesus' words apply so much in this passage in Luke 14, 13, and 14, where he said, But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, in other words, the people who can't pay for the taco, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When our hospitality is lavish and without costs, when all are welcomed, when we work hard to make sure that what we do makes sense to everybody attending, when we do follow-up with genuine messages to invite people back to our church, when we do these things, we're doing so much more than summer outreach. We are truly painting a picture of the coming kingdom of God. And I know that putting on events like that, no matter how hard the work, no matter how much you have to do, no matter how much you might have to scrounge for money or time or volunteers, that is pleasing to our Lord. Well, that's all for this podcast. I'm Yvonne Pran, your writer and communicator and teacher for Jesus. I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, however you're listening to it, so that you don't miss out on the things that are coming up. And please do go to www.effectivechurchcom.com for the materials that go along with this website and for a lot of other free templates that you can use for summer communications. Now, in closing, I'd like to pray for you. May the Lord make you strong, wise, insightful, and loving as you communicate as a representative of Jesus. May your words reflect the kindness and grace of our Lord. May your messages be clear and brave. May you be both overwhelmed and empowered by understanding the eternal significance of your calling to share the words of eternal life. And may your communications result in the fruit of salvation in those who don't know Jesus and in ever-growing discipleship in those who do. And finally, may you know every minute of your work that Jesus is with you and loves you more than you can imagine. To Him be all glory and praise. Amen.